Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. The three pillars of eliciting change, pain, hunger, and coachability. They have to be in some kind of pain. They have to be hungry for something different. And they have to be coachable, which in its broadest sense means they have to be willing to take in feedback from someone other than themselves. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We spent the last few weeks learning the ins and outs of managing others, and now that we have that context for exactly what good management looks like, we can start the process of setting aside our shame issues and authority projections so that we can also be managed effectively. Although cooperating may not be our first inclination when confronted with an authority figure, it really is in our best interest in most situations to help someone manage us because good managers are, in practice, facilitating change in others. And don't you want to be an active participant in your own evolution? I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that, with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So how to be managed, right? Because part of the the promise of the course was to talk about not only how to manage, but how to be managed. Now, you've probably noticed that I haven't talked a whole lot about how to be managed. Why is that? Is it because Joseph completely failed and forgot about half of the course? Or might there be another explanation? And if there were, what would that be? It might be easy to determine it from what you have talked about, uh, what good management is. Uh huh. Sam, you were going to say the same, I imagine. Well, I've, 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 I've learned that in your courses, it's less about say, saying exactly what to do and more about bringing us to a part where we discover what to do mm. based on some context. So that's, that's my, my ah, guess. Thank you, Sam. I, I'm glad that that's how it's coming across because that's really what I want to do. Even though sometimes I really enjoy, like most people, telling people exactly what to do. But that doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. So yeah, it's both of those things. If you know the context of what management is, then all you have to do when you're being all you have to do, all you have to do is completely set aside your shame issues and your authority projections and then just help your manager manage you. That's it. Now we're going to talk a lot about what that entails, but that's it. If you understand what management is, and how it's actually in your best interests, then when you're being managed, help. Help. So a couple of contextual pieces even upstream of that, though, because 
the first thing to get is that in a culture that is about excellence, management takes on a particularly particularly specific function. And that is, it's fundamentally going to be about helping you change. If the business is not interested in growing in an excellent kind of way, then you probably don't need to change. Right? You can just do your job like you've been doing it every day. Keep pulling that lever, pressing those buttons. And then, you know, in such a case, management, it's more like supervision, I would say. In those cases, management's like helping you to not become bored with doing the same thing every day. Right. Well, what if you thought about this lever as a fun lever and that button as a joy button? You know, like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what management looks like in, in in an organization that's not pursuing excellence. In an organization that's pursuing excellence, it means people are gonna have to change to get better, always, forever. And so if they're gonna have to change, then management becomes about helping people change. Now what we're really talking about when we talk about how to be managed or how to manage is how to facilitate change in people, which is only the most interesting subject in the world, I think, and something, a topic I've dedicated my life to. Because now we're talking basically about coaching. So the, the three pillars of eliciting change I hold as pain, hunger, and coachability. You're going to help someone change. Those three pieces are the pillars. They have to be in some kind of pain. They have to be hungry for something different. And they have to be coachable, which in its broadest sense means they have to be willing to take in feedback from someone other than themselves. We're going to talk about each one of these. But so far, that's what you're looking for. Often people will have two out of three. And so if you're trying to help someone change or if you're trying to change yourself, and you're having a difficult time, ask yourself which one of these is missing. Because, for example, someone who's really hungry for something different and taking in feedback from the outside, but they're not in any amount of pain, maybe you know someone like that. When people are too comfortable, uh, they tend not to be hungry. There's a relationship between pain and hunger that way. But the... As it's been demonstrated many times scientifically again and again, people's, people are far more willing to do things to avoid pain than to do things than to, that will get them to pleasure. We're pain avoidant, uh, which is part of the problem of the human species and why as a species and culturally we're, we're so slow to change because as long as something is comfortable, we're okay with that. Now, there's that expression, uh, the devil you know, rather than the devil you don't know. Given the choice between a comfortable known and a potentially great unknown, people will go with the known, the comfortable known, even if it's making them miserable or obviously not working. Budgeting is a really good example, one of my favorite things to teach. You know, Budgeting is an incredibly simple process. We're going to talk about it in the next course accountability, metrics, money, and shame. I think I got the order of those right. 
And we're going to use budgeting as a kind of touchstone for looking at shame and accountability and metrics and that kind of stuff. But you know, if you imagine the number of people, all you got to do is look at the uh, statistics for credit card debt in, in our country, which are scary. Google it. It's scary, the amount of credit card debt we as a nation are in. And there's a really simple solution to that. You live within your means. When you live within your means, you're not in consumer debt. How do you do that? You have a budget. But think about the amount of stress people cause themselves by not budgeting and the debt and the interest rates and the pressure and feeling behind the eight ball all the time. And then you introduce budgeting to them. Not that you have to. Most people know the concept, right? And they get so uncomfortable about the idea. Many people have the reaction like, well, that feels really limiting. I won't get to just do whatever I want. What do you mean? I'm not going to get to spend whatever I want on whatever I want. Well, can you do that now? No. (laughs) Right? It's uh, related to that book called by the same name, Predictably Irrational. Predictably Irrational. So let's talk about pain, hunger, and coachability. Start with pain. So we, the first thing to really get is that the pain is not necessarily a bad thing. That there's good pain. Anyone who's ever exercised knows that at least the concept that there's good pain and there's bad pain. And sometimes it's tricky to know the difference and you get injured physically. Uh, sometimes emotionally too, depending on the situation. So ask yourself, what are you trying to change? And what is the pain you have about it? So for example, a good coaching question that elicits more pain about something, if you are trying to help someone change or help yourself change, and you feel like there's a deficit of pain, then a good question you can ask yourself is, well, what will my life look like five years from now if this doesn't change? See how that turns the volume up on pain? And that's a really good example of a question with a really specific intent, right? So the manager or yourself says, okay, I don't quite have traction on this. I'm trying to change it, but not really getting anywhere. Okay, well, do I want it? Yeah, I want it. Am I taking in feedback from other people? Yeah, I think so. Well, what if tomorrow is a lot like today? Yeah, I think that's okay. You know? Imagine yourself on your deathbed and this thing never changes. What does it look like that? Then that can be a way of mustering in you that pain. And you may discover through that process that it just doesn't matter to you. You know, like for a long time, I wanted to learn Japanese. And then one day I just decided I wasn't going to do it. And when I imagine myself on my deathbed, looking back at my life, am I saying, Darn it, I wish I'd learned Japanese. No, I'm not saying that. Okay, project out the window. But if I imagine, you know, I never was in that really cool 80s cover band. Ooh, that's painful. No, that has to happen. That's one of my dreams. So I have a question around pain and choosing pain. Because I think one of the things that's an interesting conundrum is... If you are aware that change equals pain, 
like if you're aware of that and you choose to be comfortable, are you choosing to be comfortable because I, I guess it probably changes from situation to situation, but are you choosing to be comfortable because you cannot remain in pain all the time? And if you do that, are you just running away from the pain? Does that make sense? Like, I know it's kind of a ambiguous question, but <clears throat> there's something I was thinking of. We're almost there. I think I get it. Try to make one more pass at it. See if you can okay. the question in one second. Yeah, let me phrase it in a, as an example. So uh-huh. if, uh, if I'm in a job that I don't like, um, that is causing me pain for whatever reason, right? There's the choice to remain in that job and experience that pain and grow from that. Or there's the, maybe the easier answer is to get out of that pain is to switch to another company, right? Or switch to a different job. Is that choice to leave the pain of that situation just a choice to become comfortable again and then therefore miss out on the change that you could experience in that pain? Does that make sense a little bit yes, more? I would say okay. that would be the question. And, and I would say the way you're painting the example is, is understandable, but it's not deep enough to be able to assess that. So the, you'd have to know, well, why is the existing job painful? What's painful about it? Yeah. Because there's a challenge to meet or a fatal dysfunction that shows no sign of changing? Well, even with a fatal dysfunction that sh- shows no sign of changing, there still can be value in that, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Then the question is like, okay, is this a productive pain or not? Okay. Right. And I love the exercise metaphor because anyone who's ever been an athlete knows how difficult it can be to know the difference between dangerous pain and good pain. And people in gyms, especially people who do CrossFit, <laughs> because that really pushes the limits these days. Um, I know some physical therapists who say they're making a lot of money off of uh, rehabbing people who do CrossFit because the form is so important in that people are hurting themselves. So that's a really good metaphor because it's the same with emotional pain. It's, it's even more difficult to know whether the pain is productive or not. So there can be a lot of agonizing discovery around that, especially when you have a coach or a manager or, or some trusted advisor who says, go for this. This is useful pain. Do this. As some of you know, at the moment right now, I'm doing a, a redesign of my brand. Should come out next couple of weeks, uh, maybe a month, and it's been uh, design and the world. Anything that has to do with visual niceness is, you know, near the very bottom of my skill set. It's not interesting to me. I'm not good at it. I don't care about it. Uh, it's it's just not me, or hasn't been so far. And so when a I tell the story in a blog that's coming out in a week or two. When a coach I trained years ago emailed me very delicately, basically said, did you know your logo kind of sucks? <laughs> After it had been sort of bother- bothering me for a long time, the design I, I had currently, which was basically thrown together in, in a couple of months, if that, uh, I went, okay, I need to do something about this. So I did. I've lost so much sleep and experienced so much stress over it. and. I chose that. And there's not a single day where I don't have to reframe 
I'm like, oh man, I got to rewrite all the web copy. And oh man, I got to get a headshot. I hate pictures so much. And, and I would have rather run a 10K with on broken glass maybe than gone through the photo shoot that I went through. Or not broken glass, just the 10K. I'm not, not out of shape for that 10K. So it sucked. I hated it. And the challenge though, what I'm realizing is this new design, which I think is really slick and you'll see it soon, is challenging me to be a bigger version of me. When I look at it, it says, you're going to have to step up to represent this. And so there's that. There's also the, it, it sort of presents me more as a, um, a teacher operating in a business realm rather than just a business coach, like the many thousands, tens of thousands of others are out there. It's really different. So I've been sort of playing in uh, the business coach space and then backing into how I'm different. This presents, I'm completely different than anything you've ever seen from the beginning. And so there's a real terror in me of like, well, maybe people won't like that. It's a coming out of hiding. And so it's been immensely uncomfortable. But I'm thinking, hoping that it's going to be productively uncomfortable. And probably every one of you have had something in your life like that. Often in 20s. Usually don't get out of your 20s until you go through something like that. And if you're really passionate about your own growth, you're looking for these kinds of things. You know, like when you get an invitation to something, some a different kind of event than you normally would go to, or you know, something that occurs to you as kind of weird or strange, or you know you're going to be around unfamiliar, uncomfortable people, and you notice that contraction. No, I don't think so. Pause there. Pause there and go, hmm, there's a contraction there. I wonder if doing that anyway would be useful. And then ask yourself why. That's if you can do that one time a day, even one time a week, this is the power to radically change your life. Because we get into ruts. We're creatures of rhythm. We like things to be the same. And our defenses in particular like things to be the same. So look for opportunities to do new things, take risks. How did I do answering that question, Thomas? Is that satisfactory? Yeah, I think, I think the, the thing is whether you're actually, I think in part anyway, whether you're actually getting, gaining something from the pain that you're in. And, and then if you, if you don't think you are like taking even a second look at it, because I think it's easy to answer that question with no, because we don't like pain. So. Agree. Yeah. That's the thing. You have to retrain your condition response around pain. You know, yeah. anyone who's after ever done squats knows this, you know, when, when you feel, if you're doing squats, even without even body weight, you know, when you want to stop, do five more, you know, that's how you do it. That's how you get in shape. Unfortunately, many of us don't learn this. Food is another good example, right? Broccoli doesn't taste like chocolate cake. I love that. This really sweet or really salty, the super yummy foods are not like really loudly tasty. I love that as a metaphor. Everything has a price. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. 
Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.